if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 181. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's European Tour golf action, namely the BMW PGA Championship from Wentworth. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Good morning, guys. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler You can visit begambleaware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament stats and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on social media. Barry's at a good talk golf on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. We're now 6,000 strong. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. I'll be placing a BMW PGA Championship show up there later today, Tuesday. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast So we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Very, very important, these reviews, these five stars. They really do help in terms of Apple Podcasts and just being added to the visibility in terms of search and the like. Right, great resource, five stars. As someone who gathers as much info as he can each week, and does his own stat analysis, etc. I find these guys have the calmest, clearest, and most articulate uh, articulate weekly golf podcast I've heard. And I think I've heard them all. They are a breath of fresh air. And that is from Ohio WA3. And of course, Ohio WA3 is in the US of A. Thanks for that. That's a, that's a really, yeah, that's kind of, a, a, breath, a breath of fresh air, gentlemen. Yeah, nice words. Thank you very much. Yeah. As soon as he says articulate, Steve can't talk. Thanks that's for it. that. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just, got to to, just got to be able to pronounce articulate properly. Steve. <laughs> I, always see, I always see articulate and I think of artichoke. I don't know why. It's just a, <laughs> there's something in the back of my mind just completely screws my brain up. But yeah, mm. calmest, clearest and most articulate weekly golf podcast. I suppose the one thing we don't do is just constantly go on about strokes, gain data and popping in models. So we, we come at it from a slightly different angle. No PGA Tour this week. Clearly, we had the uh, PGA Tour finale at the Tour Championship last week. I was looking at the stats yesterday. I'm not actually going to mention Patrick Cantley in the stats, but I will mention the guys that shot the two lowest rounds of the week, namely John Rahm and Kevin Nahr. Now, Kevin Nahr was 70-1 to to win that 72-hole marker. The crazy thing is, and the thing, you know, this is the kind of thing that I do, when I actually looked at my preview and I looked at my eight-week strokes gained numbers, um, this is pretty uncanny, actually. John Rahm was, unsurprisingly, strokes gained last eight weeks, number one. Kevin Nahr, Last eight weeks, strokes game was number two in that list. And you could have had him at 70 to 1. I looked yeah. at him and I thought, Patrick Cantley and Sam Burns were tied for third. I looked at him and I thought, trouble with Kevin Nahr is, I'm talking here about a golf course that responds to fantastic driving off the tee. And he ranked, I think, last in the field for strokes gained off the tee. But then the rest of his game, his approach play, his around the green game, clearly is always you know, one of the best in the world. And he's putting. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, he came through. And that's another, you know, 
Um, congrats to Patrick Cantley, by the way. A fantastic performance from Patrick Cantley, I thought. You know, I was doubting a couple of weeks ago if he had the cojones to do the job, but he certainly did. Um, he 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 played brilliantly to, 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 you know, the second player on the trot now to go in rank number one and get the job done. DJ did it last year. Cantley did it this year. I just... The trouble you get is with John Rahm, he's always marked each and every week because he's so consistent. He's so good. But he just, he just doesn't win enough for the price, does he? You know, it's another example there. He's in a lone head-to-head with Patrick Cantley. And Cantley came out on top this week. Yeah, although he was starting for what was he four strokes behind at the start, so he, he caught up. Um, you know, all but those. Mm. All he was level strokes. with him after. He pretty much level with him after two, though. I mean, it was, it was yeah, mano a yeah. mano, effectively. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Cantley. I suppose the next, the next, the next question with Cantley is: Can he actually get into the mix in majors in twenty twenty two? That's clearly the next step, or WGCs. Yeah, yeah, it's been a big, big season for him, isn't it? You know, it goes without saying, really, with what he's just done. But uh, to get the wins that he has, to progress as he has through the world rankings, and uh, yeah, so where, where does it go with him? He's, you know, I think that eighteenth hole just just showed where his game is right now because um, it, it was just flawless, wasn't it? You know, in a, in a world where you could, I don't know, panic or just. Uh, you know, fail to convert at that point, but what if you smash it 360 down the middle and, uh, mm. you know, put it to, what, 11, 12 feet and it just takes all the stress off, doesn't it? You know, there's many a player who would have melted at that point with the, the money on the line and the title on the line. That was his fourth PGA Tour victory this season. Who would your player of the year be on the PGA John Tour? Would it be him or Morikawa? John Ram. John Ram. If you want the player of the year, look look at the, the stats that came out for Ram. He was like first in about 50 different categories. And that was just the ones they flashed up on the screen. It wasn't quite 50, a little bit hyperbole. But, I mean, you, you could deduce that he's at the head of a whole bunch of other stats on strokes gained uh, tables based on, like, leading par 3 scoring, leading par 5 scoring. What was it? Leading strokes gained total. I mean, it's just, how is that not player of the year? I don't care if he's not winning. I know we, we put such a focus on winning in golf, but to he's putting himself in position to win tournaments so often, and you're not going to win that often. Like we're we're holding these guys up against like the Tiger Woods conversion rate for winning golf tournaments. They're not Tiger Woods, so for for the season he's had, it's just phenomenal. I I don't care if he hasn't won as much as the others. Mm. For me, like it's not even a it's not even a contest. What about you guys? There's, there's a difference, isn't there, between players who are playing some fantastic, mega consistent golf and contending week in, week out, which John Rahm has been, um, and those from a betting perspective who end up winning and actually converting opportunities and uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, winning titles. And uh, back to Steve's point, he's, he's playing some fantastic golf without getting over the line as many times as perhaps he should. And perhaps... Perhaps that'll change. Perhaps he'll go through a perfect patch next season and you know nail four in seven starts or something, and uh, it, it completely changes that dynamic over the over the medium term. But um, I, I, I I'm seriously impressed with Cantlay, and uh, you know for me he's got to be got to be right up there with the uh, you know, the players who he should be classed as player of the season after what he's just done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, hell of a two weeks to get ridiculously hot with all parts of your game. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was kind of, it was kind of Billy Ho back a few years ago, wasn't it? It was that yeah. he was just gone on it. I mean, DJ did the same last year, didn't he? I suppose that's what you need to bear in mind with this. I think the other thing I'm going to bear in mind, big style for certainly 2023 and probably the next year as well, the Prez Cup, is you, you know, you've got to go, especially in that Northern Trust BMW, you've got to go for players that are right on the bubble in terms of the qualification for the teams. So yeah, I think that's another big note for me next year in terms of the punting side of things. Um, I, just, I just, I love Eastlake. I just think it's a great test. It's one of those tests. You just look at Kevin Nahr. Um, he was third for fairways hit. Um, look at John Rahm. He was 10th for fairways hit. It's one of those golf courses. You just can't fake it. Speaking you of Nah, Steve, you, just earlier you said that Nah ranked last in... 
Strauss gained off the tee. Mm. But the place like Eastlake, it's more really about the, the ferry percentage in a way. Yeah, you know, the distance yeah. is not. So maybe that stat kind of skews the the approach to looking at now or the consideration of now for that week. But that's, I wonder whether that's sometimes the strokes gained off the T model will, that's just a not so useful stat on, on given weeks where you know it has to be about fairways hit. I think so. I agree with that. Clearly, you know, strokes gained off the T is more about distance than it is about fairways hit. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's clearly a it's a critical part of Eastlake. I mean, Cantlay and Cantlay, Ram and Nar top t- uh, 10, 10 and three for fairways hit. They were they were above the sixty percent mark. Then you had someone like Tony Finau who's just slashing about like he usually does. Apart from the week he actually won it a few weeks ago, he was he was forty four point six percent fairways hit. So yeah, and he come down. You know, you just can't do that around Eastlake. It, it won't tolerate it. I think the, the releasing greens, that gnarly Bermuda. I was amazed actually. I said to Paul, I was watching coverage first thing on Thursday, and those greens were releasing already. So mm-hmm. they must have some phenomenal sub air on that golf course, because we know how much rain that Atlanta took in three months for that to play as firm as fast as it did. Was um, amazing. You know, props to the. Golf course, the setup, and to all the staff there, phenomenal, Show, phenomenal. Shows golf you what course. can happen when you don't have the local fire department supporting your course setup. You know <laughs> the the heat, the heat over there can dry these out pretty quickly. They clearly um, didn't have the Georgia yeah. Fire Brigade there every morning. <laughs> yeah, it's the, incredible, the, wasn't it? What, what can actually when a ball actually releases when it hits a green? Incredible stuff. Now that takes what? us on quite neatly to uh, to ride a cup. I know it gets incredibly complex for Europe. Uh, we might cross that bridge in a short while. If we're looking in terms of Ryder Cup now, and tomorrow, Wednesday, I believe, Steve Stricker will announce his six captain's picks. I'll run through them quickly. Cantley is at six, so he qualified. So Finau, seven. Xander, eight. Spieth, nine. Min. For me, there, there's not even a debate there. English is in 10. Paddy Reid, 11. Daniel Berger, 12. Do you see any of those, or do you see English or Berger potentially getting dropped for a Kevin Nahr, for example? Or do you just think, my own gut feel is he'll just go with this, he'll go through 7 through 12 and get that that's just the way it's going to be? Well, then what's the what's the point of having the six picks? And there was plenty of noise about Kevin Nard potentially getting one of those spots on the back of uh, back his back of his performance last week. Where where does he sit now, Steve, in that list? He sits in that list nineteenth nineteenth spot, mm. which I find quite incredible. Really, what, would you put like Kevin Nard ahead of Scotty Scheffler or Sam Burns, who are playing excellent golf and are longer off the tee going to a golf course that's quite long? You know. I, I'm not saying Kevin Nott can't play whistling straights, and I don't think they're going to stretch it out every day. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of guys that you have to make phone calls to to say, yeah, sorry, I'm picking Kevin Nott ahead of you. <laughs> that just makes that job a little bit more difficult for Stricker. You know, but th- three weeks ago, everybody was screaming for Kisner. It's just the, the, the Twitter fanfare, you know, just the groundswell happens when somebody Barstool, pops the up. The Barstool's Brigade. But it's not even that. It's just like the fans of that particular player are going to press even harder for you know the, the case and start like talking about the them getting on the team. Yeah, yeah. And the I'll, say, I'll, I'll say this. Listen to this from the eleventh of July, John Deere Classic, Kevin Nahr, second, St Jude WGC, twenty third, Wyndham, second, Northern Trust, eighth, BMW, seventeenth, Tour Championship, seventy two hole joint winner. Yeah, that's a phenomenal run, isn't it? There's a first, there's a second. I know it's not a real first, but there's a first, a second, a second, the 17th and the 23rd in the last five outings from now. Yeah. I remember Ryan Moore a few years ago. He was caught in the same boat. But he, I think he actually got a pick in the end, didn't he, Ryan Moore? Was that the year that he, he went in a playoff at Eastlake with Rory to win the Tour Championship? Yeah. yeah but and, and Rory beat Moore in the playoff. It. 
I, I, from memory, Moore didn't play a great deal in the actual Ryder Cup itself. And no. if you're gonna if you're gonna put a player in who's you know been playing well and there's a bit of noise about him, and um, you put him in the team as a pick, and then he plays singles and one other match, mm. you know, you're almost doing it just to appease the uh, appease the fans or appease the public. Back to Barry's point, do you get more strategic and tactical with it at this point where you're saying, well, let's marry up the course and the conditions and someone who's likely to actually play this course well, um, who I want to play for a, yeah, a minimum of three matches potentially, and, yeah. uh, and, and slot him in instead, um, even if he's outside the top 12 or you know, even further down that list. It's a, it's a big dilemma to... Uh, to work out how that goes, and that the, the very fact he's got six picks does make that you know it brings that brings that conversation into the uh, into the equation. I think I said to, I said to you last week in our predictor model last five years rolling, Kevin Nar has no points whatsoever on a par seventy two format. Mm. So that would also include something like the players, which is you know seven thousand two hundred yards. So it's just crazy, really. Yeah, well, that'll change after last week because that was 72, wasn't it? But uh, No, yes. past 70 last week. Oh, was it 70? Sorry. Yeah, East yeah. Lake's always a 70. That's the thing with Noah, isn't he? He's a, seven, he's a short yeah, yeah, yeah. course specialist, 70, 71. Yeah, cool. 72 yeah. struggles. I, I, I just genuinely think he'll go burger through. Burger through fee now for the picks. It's it's Steph. I mean, for my... It feels like, okay, 7, 8, 9, Fino, Shuffle and Spieth are just, there's no way he's not bringing yeah, they're, they're all going for sure. Harris English, if he's not picked, I'm, it's just bonkers decision yeah. because he's been playing so well, the golf of his life, and yeah, he, he's plenty long enough. And so the only two kind of ones yeah, for me are, are Reed and Berger. And the, you know, question number one is, is Reed fully recovered from mm-hmm. whatever he was ill with? Um and yeah, I mean, Berger is gritty. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not as big as fan as a as a player, but like he's so gritty. Like I'd hate to play him in match play. Mm. Yeah, and of course, he's, Berger's good friends with JT and Spieth. I just, I just think it'll happen. I don't. I don't. I, I can't see Kevin Nard jumping from nineteenth and getting a pick. Just can't see it. Mm. Now, interesting to have like a leaderboard of points for the last six months to really catch to really see the guys who are like the hottest trending in into the Ryder Cup. Yeah, we always have this debate about the qualifi- qualification system. It, it lasts a long period of time, and then there's people that kind of try and make a late run or got hot form, as opposed to people that loaded up with points at the very outset and could be horribly out of form. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the nature of the beast. Now that takes us through. Oh, that's one thing I was going to say. You did say this last week, Baron. You did say there would be a potential for the seventy-two. I think the bookmakers had a bit of a coup last week. You think it through from what you were saying, Paul Nikolai Hurgard. Yeah, he wasn't even being priced up on Monday when you actually went live with your tips. Is that correct? It wasn't even in the field, yeah. It wasn't even in the field. I, I spotted Hogard in the field when um, the tea times came out, which was late on Tuesday, and he uh, I mm-hmm. checked back through at that point, and he'd been added as a late invite. So by the time it started, not all of the bookies had priced him up. A few had put him up around about 100 to 1, but uh, not many. And um, he went on to win the golf tournament, so... Understandably, there's uh, a few punters feeling a, a bit aggrieved this week because um, had he been in the field, there'd have been a case to to make to back him. You know, he'd been playing some. He'd been playing some, nicely. Yeah, he'd been playing some consistent golf. His brother had won the week before. Um, yeah, I think most people who've um, observed and previewed and commented on golf in on the European Tour over the last few weeks have. I've been speculating as to when um, Nikolai would kind of get his uh, get get himself up and running in terms of wins and and you know start catching his brother up potentially because um, yeah, he go back historically he was the he was the, the one of the twins who was the probably seen as the more likely to to be the most successful out of the two when they, when they were you know younger and uh, at that point he was uh, he was losing three 0 to his brother in terms of titles but. 
But yeah, um, he held it together. Fantastic birdie on the last to take the title and uh, very few punters are on him. I mean, I've had uh, people contact me and email me in the in the last couple of days about uh, about the situation, you know, when he was he added to the field and uh, and, and and the like. But, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, um, it was late Tuesday, which is a disappointment. It does happen, doesn't it? You know, we've seen it happen over on the PGA Tour where people have placed. Um, I, I, there was one oh, yeah. where you know, somebody gets seen as a late. Um, yeah. it's it's once a year, on one tour or the or the other, something yeah. like this happens. See, when when it's an alternate and you knew there was a potential for that player getting in the field, then you can have evaluated that already. But uh, Hogard was an invite, so. Um, you know, he, he wasn't even on any of the preliminary lists um, when, when they when they published. It was just kind of well, let, let's let's slot him in and uh, and give him a start. And uh, yeah, no, right. fair play to him. Um, you know, he's, they're talented boys, both of them, and uh, they're going to rack up a lot of titles if they carry on the way they are. Um, at the age of at the age of twenty, four titles between them is very very impressive. Um, so you had yeah. you you had Hurgard. I mean, my pronunciation, I've really got no chance with that one. What is it? Hi? Hi, Piglet. 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 And then on the, on the, I won't even go there, to a championship, you know, a load of people would lump in into John Rant and win that at 4-1. So 4-1. Cantley beats him. So that, that did the bookmakers a huge favour. And then in the 72 hole market, as you kind of mentioned, Barry, the tie rule came in because you had two of them taking mm. home the pot, Nar and Ram, seventy to one, and I think Ram was sixes or might have been sevens, seven to one. Well, that so I think hurt the, you. the bookmakers had a you. bit of a touch, really. Yeah, it's uh, the Eastlake is interesting, and I wonder if this is just recency bias, but are they setting up the course in a way that makes it a bit like it is a difficult challenge to chase down the leading guy or the leading guys going into the week so last year this year it's we, always been that tough it's just a tough golf course isn't it and they just yeah. let the greens release and that 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 in a way if you're chasing how, how can you make a score you know what we get on the pga tour you get it so often don't you especially on a saturday you wake up you've got a couple of players in the top five and then you think oh we're sweet here and then all of a sudden someone i don't know someone random who pretty much just you know scrape through the cut shoots a 60 or something on Saturday and yeah. vaults to the top of the leaderboard and it's just it's it's just all up for, you, you you just don't get that at East Lake because it, it's the, the golf course and the setup as you said just won't tolerate those low scores it kind of seems like the way to reward the guys who have put themselves into the yeah. top positions and yeah. if they and if they can continue playing like they have done, they'll get the reward for their efforts to get themselves up there. You got it. But it makes for a truly, truly boring um, yeah. finale. I mean, as soon as the Salheim Cup started, I didn't watch a minute of the FedEx Cup finals. I just, the Tour Championships or whatever they call them. Um, I just, it was not interesting. Salheim Cup just had my attention 100%. And the other failing of the PGA Tour this week was putting on their KFT finals on the same weekend just to completely mm. overshadow them. When you've a whole new class of graduates coming in, 25 guys fighting to get their card, and you've all these cool stories you can tell, and you don't give it a spotlight on its own, you actually mm. further shove it down underneath everything. It's just, uh, that's a big fail. Yeah, particularly so. when there's a week off the PGA Tour yeah. the following week, and um, yeah. you know these these lads who make it through the Corn Ferry, given that you know if they were told that they're starting the first week of the PGA Tour season the next week, um, yeah, are they going to are they going to turn it down? Like, ah, sorry, sorry, lads, we're a bit bit tired and we're not bothered. Um, but if I'm you sure, give them a week off play. last week. Yeah, yeah, give them yeah, a week yeah. off last week and they'll be like, okay, I can play two weeks in a row. I can play the finals. And then if I win, you know, if I do well in that, I go straight into PGA Tour week one. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, now they've got to come down off this and then they've got to like, get themselves back up after a week. It's, it's mm. I don't know. Uh, it seems like a completely missed opportunity to to have a, a very interesting storyline and a very interesting tournament given its own spotlight about yeah. the, new, the new people coming on tour. Um, that's... What a miss. Anyway, and yeah, Salheim Cup was amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you guys we watched it. Like, we need to say congratulations to Team Europe, don't we? What yeah. a phenomenal... Yeah. You said that uh, 
Team USA were two to one on to win that at the start, yeah? I think it was about that, yeah. Like heavy favourites. And mm-hmm. um, what a week. It was but just fascinating watching. And you know, it didn't I'm not gonna be you know, none of us are gonna lose any sleep if it goes either way, you know, if the US win or the Europeans win, because it was such a fascinating contest and you know, somebody's going to win at the end of the day and Look, it's brilliant for the European team to win, but had they just fallen short, it was still an amazing spectacle as a as a, a golf fan just to watch that. Course was brilliant. The the quality of golf was great. There was, you know, yeah, can't say enough about it. Yep. And it sets uh, sets Team Europe up for, uh, uh, well, what would have been seen to be an unlikely double at the Ryder Cup in a, a few weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Does it, sh- it does kind of, sh- it's a bit of a shot across the bow of people that just think, oh, you know, it's all about world rankings and, you know, USA right. are going to dominate because they've got the you know, 11 of the 12 best players in the tournament. Yeah, it doesn't there's quite a, work out like that, does it? There's a brilliant fried egg podcast there that I, a few days ago with, uh, I think it's Garrett Morrison and Joseph Lemagna talking about the setup for teams and, and so on and a few misconceptions that are out there about the best comp, you know, composition of teams and so on. Yeah, but look it up. Uh, it's good listen. Okay. Interesting. I'll be putting that on later today. Right. BMW PJ Championship. Now, in the old days, chaps, this used to be the you know the premier event of the European Tour, and um, yeah, it's got its challenges now, isn't it? You know, with a lot of these moneyed events, you know, in. We've got the DP World Tour Championship down in uh, the Middle East in December. You've got the ones that start early. Abu Dhabi is always absolutely loaded in January. There's some decent fields, uh, even, I, I, I wouldn't say Saudi, but Saudi has a, a loaded field in terms of the invites oh, they throw at the problem. In terms of quality, yeah. Yeah, yeah field depth, strength clearly field, not yeah. at all. But yeah, for me, the BMW PGA is always the, um, the, the, it's the European Tour event that I look forward to the most. I suppose that yeah. helps on the way, you know, that we, we all attended in 2019. Um, you and I are attending this year, Paul. Yeah. We'll be there on Friday. So if you are listening and you're on the property, if you want to get in touch with us, Paul's at Golf Betting, I am at Bamford Golf. I'm sure we could uh, we could potentially meet up for a beverage at some point. We can talk about um, failing golf bets for a period of time. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I, I can let, let rip about Danny Van Tonder last week. Danny Van Tonder's total collapse. You can you you, you can. <laughs> uh, I can talk about Deschambeau the week before. It's all up for grabs now. Great. I wouldn't say it's the greatest of fields. I've seen I've seen better at, at Wentworth. I just don't think the timings helped. The, there were rumours that a few of the uh, the Americans were going to come across. Billy Horschel has. Um, but I suppose Billy Hall. I, I, I'm surprised not to see Will Zalatoris. He was going on lyrically about he was how he was going to play in Europe uh, when he uh, finished the Wyndham. But clearly, his management team said, "Now nah, you're better off having a few weeks off, Will." Um, but we've got Hovland is the ten to one favourite. Till Hatton, the defending champion at sixteens. Shane Lowry eighteens. He's got a great record around Wentworth. Matt Fitzpatrick needs to do something in terms of uh, just making sure that uh, Ryder Cup spot and just to turn his form in general because he struggled recently. Uh, he's 22 to 1 with Tommy Fleetwood and Alex Noren, who's been heavily backed in from 25s. Billy Ho at 28s. We've got a very unlikely visitor in the form of Adam Scott, who I actually looked, I don't think he played here since 2005 when I looked it up last night. He's at 30 to 1. He's level with Poulter. Then we got Christian Bazaden Hoot. Justin Rosen needs a very, very big week, both at 33s. And then uh, Henrik Stenson, Lee Westwood at 40 to 1. Brandon Grace and Bernd Wiesberger at 45 to 1. So again, you know, it's, it's a, I could go, go through quite a few uh, more names. Um, it's a good, it's a very strong um, European tour field. Very, very strong. Looking forward to getting down there. I will hand you over to Paul, who clearly has been looking at this in depth. The one thing I will mention, there is one bookmaker this week treating this as a major, effectively. Boyle Sports, who have gone 10 places each way, a fifth the odds for the BMW PGA Championship. 
they are genuinely treating this as a major in terms of the additional places. Well, they're effectively offering five additional places for punters this week down in Surrey. And just to just where ball sports are so far in 2021, this is both PGA Tour and European Tour, and includes this week at Wentworth. They have off. They have given away 209. Yes, 209 additional each way places. That compares to Paddy Power, who are second in that particular league. They have offered 171 additional places so far in 2021 across the Euro and PGA Tours. So, Boyle Sports, we mentioned them a lot in the podcast this year, quite rightly. Um, they're just, they're certainly worth an addition to your betting portfolio if you haven't got an active Boyle Sports account. For their actual account uh, offering, which this week is a boosted, yes, boosted, bet £10, get £30 for new mobile customers via golf betting system. You can get all the full terms and conditions, of course, in Paul's full preview. So yeah, Boyle Sports, 10 places each way and also a boosted bet £10 Get £30 of free bets offer this week if you sign up via Golf Betting System. Over to you, Paul. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite an aggressive... You know, you can understand why a few of the bookies have been aggressive this week because there's no PGA Tour action. But, uh, yeah, good to see the stance that Boyles are taking. Hmm. Um, there's plenty of eight places and fifth of the odds out there as well um, with, yeah. uh, with a handful of the bookies as well for a bit of a balance. And... Um, Bet365 have gone back to their six places and a quarter, which they often used to run at some of the majors as well, didn't they? Which um, is a different stance to it as well, where you know, rather than this fifth of the odds, which has uh, become the norm for, for most bets now, um, back to a quarter of the odds and six places. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, in, interesting how to play it as ever, you know, how you perceive the value is is up to yourself and I've taken kind of a balanced approach to it personally but uh, but do shop around as Steve said there's uh, some decent offers out there um, BMW PGA Championship then yeah return to Wentworth culmination of the Ryder Cup qualification as we've talked through Rolex series events and there's a big eight million dollar prize fund up for grabs and with it being a Rolex series event of course the, pro- the, the prizes or the um, the points that are up for up for grabs this week and um, will have a massive bearing on how the um, Ryder Cup qualification pans out, which we'll get to in a few seconds. I'll just take you through some of the some of the. How background. complicated is that going to be? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and get our heads around it and uh, yeah. and then point you in the direction of uh, some some resources that might help you a little bit more than our ramblings. Um, we're at Wentworth West Coast as as ever. It's the Harry Colt Classic that's uh, that we've seen for a number of years now. It's had a lot of work done, as we've talked about in the past, um, by Ernie Owls back at the start of the 2010s, and then uh, he did a bit more in 2016 to to kind of I guess ease it back a little bit. Because uh, the, the, a few grumblings and moanings about how it had been set up, and uh, you know when words like unfair start to, to come into the equation um, I think people sit back and take note and uh, I think the more the more recent iteration of the uh, the course has been well received um, it hasn't really changed the fundamentals though we're still talking about a tree line classical track 7,267 yards for its par of 72 uh, newly laid bent grass greens back in 2016 so the old tired bent power uh, kind of pot-marked greens that we used to see at Wentworth, which again were one of the, the, the reasons that a lot of the players would swerve the tournament or would moan about it and still attend in some cases. Um, they were replaced with their pure bent grass greens and uh, they're far better quality and far smoother than the old ones. And that's kind of lent itself, lent itself to some more uh, deeper scoring over the last few years. Just to give you a flavour of that, Let's go back to 2010. Simon Kahn won at six under. He was a 200 to one shot. And I think Simon Kahn, going back, he was a similar scenario to Nikolai Hogard, actually. I think he was a late invite that particular week. So he was a, another one of these uh, uh, results of the bookies that would have uh, not uh, only um, been popular with, with the punting public, shall I say. 2010 was Luke Donald first of his two wins, six under at 15 to two he won that year. 2012, he followed up the year after at 15 under as an eight to one shot. 
2013 was Matteo Manassero's year at 10 under. 66 to 1 for Matteo Manassero that year. Rory won in 14 under at 14 to 1 in 2014. Then it was Benny Ann, 21 under in soft conditions in 2015. 100 to 1 for Benny Ann. That was his maiden European Tour title on debut here uh, back in 2015. Chris Wood won in 2016 at 9 under. He was 66 to 1. Um, then we started to get into the era where it was a more elevated, you know, you're getting towards these Rolex series events um, and higher prize funds, better fields. 2017 was Alex Noren at 11, 11 under. He was 22 to 1. Francesco Molinari, 17 under at 22s in 2018. Danny Willett at 20 under was 66 to 1 shot in 2019. Tyrrell Hatton was 19 under at 16 to 1 last year. So the last three went in total 17, 20 and 19 under par with the, the new setup as it's settled in now, the new greens. And I think you, that's what you're seeing really. We're not seeing quite the same stringent, tough test that we used to see back in the day. We're seeing winning scores that are approaching 20 under par. And uh, with the conditions we're expecting this week, I mean, right now, yesterday, today, south of England, it's been absolutely scorching. Wednesday is going to be the same as well. Mm. And it looks like it's going to cool down a little bit for the tournament itself. But we're still going to have light winds. and We might have some showers late on, on Thursday and Friday, which will um, soften the course to a certain degree. But I suspect it's going to be quite scorable again. Generally, with uh, with Wentworth, you need a little bit of wind, 10, 15 miles an hour, um, anything more than that, and it's starting to get tough. You know, club selection, the wind whistling around the top of the trees, it's it can make it a pretty challenging test, but we're looking at 5 to 10 miles an hour tops this week by the looks of it. So, it does gust around there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, you Just know, from experience of being there many years. Yeah, and the conditions can change during the course of the day, of yeah, course. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and if we do get some uh, some rain coming in, and there is, again, it doesn't look overly onerous, but so there, there could be some showers coming in kind of late afternoon on Thursday, late, late afternoon on Friday, and they may be accompanied by a little bit of wind. So there, there may be a slight bias um, if that does, uh, it, it does manifest itself that way, but equally I don't see it having a massive bearing on the, on the scoring this week. And I suspect we're still going to be getting into that kind of mid-teens, high-teens and maybe getting close to 20 under getting uh, getting the job done this week. We shall see. And statistically, it's always been a, a, a good tee to green test. And if you look at through the um, stats of the winners going back to 2010, it's generally a good all-round game. But there's an emphasis on greens and regulation, an emphasis on scrambling as well, particularly in the last few years. Now that we've got strokes gained as well, and last year was the uh, the 2010 tournament was the first time we really had a good view of strokes gained from the leading players. Um, that brought it out a little bit more uh, in terms of strokes strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained around the green. Tyrrell Hatton, who won the tournament last uh, autumn, he was first for strokes gained tee to green. He was second for strokes gained around the green, which brings it into context. Um, Victor Perez, who was second, he was third for strokes gained tee to green and 11th for strokes gained around the green. So both of those really quite consistent. If you go through the top five, Andy Sullivan, Patrick Reed, Ian Poulter, all of them were relatively strong for tee to green. Even Reed, who um, putted absolutely lights out, he was still top 20 for strokes gained tee to green last year. So um, I think that's one of the key stats. I do think... If you've got a good scrambling game, a good short game, you're gaining shots or you're saving um, saving pars around the greens as well, then that really does help you to compile a contending score around Wentworth. Um, other trends of no, um, the last 10 winners here all had a top 10 in one of their last 12 starts. So a semblance of form um, coming into this is positive. In fact, the last three, um, just to flip that on his head, the last three winners all came in off of a missed cut. So a lot of them have been playing at a higher level. Bear in mind that was Francesco Molinari, Danny Willett and Tyrrell Hatton. They'd all missed the cut on their last start, but all of them um, went on to win the tournament here. So don't be overly put off if, you, if you're looking at a form line that sees um, a missed cut very recently, but uh, some kind of contending or semi-contending performance in the recent past um, wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a bad starting point, I don't think. 
And if you take Ben Ann out of it, I think you mentioned earlier that um, he won here on a debut back in 2015. Um, the other 10 winners going back to 2010 all had a top 10 here at Wentworth. In one of its either, you know, your current guises after the L's renovations or prior to that. But each one of them had a top 10 finish here at Wentworth to their name um, back in the past. So some positive... Um, a positive look, a positive performance here went within the past is um, is well worth a filter if you're looking to, to kind of chop the size of the field down this week. Now going on to Ryder Cup, because that is that's going to be the, the whole underlying narrative this week, and quite rightly so. This was the whole idea, wasn't it? It was to kick off the Ryder Cup qualifying campaign at Wentworth and to end it at Wentworth, where the points would be so... Dramatic that you can have an awful lot of um, movement and an awful lot of scenarios. And we have got a mass of scenarios this week, haven't we? If you want a, a breakdown, a good place to start is Nosferatu on Twitter. That's at VC606. He does some fantastic work um, in terms of the world rankings and uh, and how that all works and manifests itself for players. And he's also put some, some extensive scenarios together for who needs to do what theoretically, to make the European points list or the world points list for the Ryder Cup this week. And the European points list is the one that's the most uh, competitive, I guess, because it's the primary list. Um, and that's, if you if you read through, basically because Rory McIlroy is not, work, uh, not playing this week, that opens the door for the likes of Bernd Wiesberger, who in theory only needs to finish 50th to finish inside the top four um, of the European points list this week and make its way onto the team um, in terms of uh, automatic qualification. Matt Fitzpatrick, 24th to get on the European points list. However, he's already on the world points list, which would then have repercussions further down the other way. But it does bring, I mean, it brings players of the likes of Guido Migliozzi. He could finish second theoretically and, uh, and, and make his way onto that uh, top four of the European points list. Um, Danny Willett, Matthias Schwab. Ian Poulter, who we're fully expecting to get a, um, a captain's pick, but you know he could still, with a win, um, theoretically. And I, say, I keep saying this because it's going to, you know, depending what a number of other players do, it's going to impact what um, what could potentially happen with these um, with, with these scenarios and with these players. But um, yeah, if you if you want a full breakdown, check it out. It's um, as I say, Nosferatu and Twitter. There's a lot of players playing for a lot of um, you know a, a potential uh, Ryder Cup start this week, and I think you've got to bear that in mind. I mean, uh, looking through those lists, guys, any anything really screaming at you as to uh, as to some interesting scenarios this week? This is going to be like watching the FedEx Cup finals before they did the modified leaderboards. You know where the the position in the tournament and then the movement. It's going to be it's going to be all over the place, but it's going to be interesting to watch. There's yeah. so many guys that can get get in with a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be the underlying talking point of everything, isn't it? All the way through the week, and uh, you've got this complexity between the European points list because. <laughs> Again, someone takes over Rory's position on the European points list. He then yeah. gets in via the world points list, which then bounces um, Shane Lowry out mm -hmm. of the world points list, who's currently sitting in ninth position. So, um, should that happen, then it's going to have um, you, know, you, you can always rip up the, some of the numbers that you've got here because the the scenarios change um, again on the back of that. Uh, on the back of that, so. So yeah, it's going to be a headache for, for everyone to try and work out, I think. It's going to be a headache for, for Padraig Harrington to try and work out because depending on how that works, it's going to impact who he is going to be picking as his final three players as well. Which uh, you know, There's been plenty of speculation, but the, the consensus seems to be falling on Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter and one other. Now, mm. if that one other ends up having to be Shane Lowry because he has to take a pick because of his uh, ultimate position on the, uh, the automatic qualifier, and then yeah, what does that do to the other potential players who uh, you know could have been arguing for a spot as well? This is brilliant, though. Like what it's worked out so well the way mm. the point system ha has been set up, and we're going into the final week, which they target as you know with so many people who have a chance to get onto the team. 
It's madness. Couldn't, it couldn't go any better, really. Yeah, absolute madness. You know, Richard Bland can make it on the lead, onto the team. Danny Willett, Matthias Schwab, Justin Rose, you know, despite everything we've said about his form, and, you know, he's, he's, he's slowly been improving. Was he 10th last time out, I think? But, um, again, theoretically, he can he can make it onto the team with a first-place um, finish here at, at Wentworth. Rasmus Hogard, you know, we, I mentioned him last week, and you know, again, you know, it, it's more, um, I guess it's you know more of a fairy tale to see someone like that make their way through to to the team. But if he wins this week, he potentially gets himself di- directly onto the team. It's. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see how Bernd Wiesberger copes with this virtual open door to a Ryder yeah. Cup spot. This is it. Does he, burst, does he burst through and grab it with both hands and say, yep, that's my Ryder Cup spot for Team Europe, or does he miss the cup? Well, Burnt's going to be the pivot point by the looks of it, isn't he? So if he needs a, a lot of pressure on the guy. A lot of, I know it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> i.e. You know, you're offering him 55th to get into the Ryder Cup, yeah. but that's a, still a lot of pressure to deliver. I know one thing, Paul, if, if, if Burnt's... If we can follow Burnt, Say Friday afternoon, and he's on the cut line. I'll be following, oh following him. God. He, you just know he's going to be surfing the line all week, right? It just it feels inevitable that he's just going to be there. One shot either way will be, yeah. And you can see him age about twenty five years over four days. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think Burnt. My gut feel is Burnt won't make an easy job of it. No, no. If, it just feels yeah. It'd be too easy the other way, just doing it in a straightforward way and finishing fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, and he has shown himself to be a little bit probably under pressure. Hasn't I he? hope he does. I don't, I don't think Burn in the in the Ryder Cup would be a bad selection. I think the way that he plays the game, he's got plenty of power. I don't think he'd be a bad selection for. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure Padre would <laughs> would. Um, I don't think Padre would have him in the team if he had a choice. Put it that one. Yeah, no, whether he'd choose to pick him. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think he, like if he gets in, I don't think he plays more than twice. But like, not like he's a really good player, and we're we're just being I don't know idiots here and kind of saying he's going to be treading the line, and it's going to be it'll be more entertaining for us in that way, you know, watching somebody cope with that. But um, yeah, don't wish wish <coughs> ill on anybody. Uh, hope he crashes through the door. Be good for it. Be be good for his like career belief to just yeah. like, smash through and just. You know, top th- top five, top six this week. Be fantastic, and it'd be good for the team. A man in form coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with that confidence of having, yeah, of having just like burst through and yeah, I got this. Yeah, yeah, I, it's going to be fascinating. And I, I, in terms of the players that I've picked this week, I've tried to steer it away from those who are going to be under the most severest of pressure, really. Um, mm. But um, you know, again, you could argue that there's twenty or thirty of them really who've got this kind of <laughs> yeah. niggling um, you know, thought that, that that they could actually go and do it. And um, the first player I've gone with is Alex Noren, who sits at seventeenth on the world's points list. So again, theoretically, a win could get him in. Um, and I'm I'm not entirely sure that that's where he thinks his chances are. I suspect that he probably thinks that his chance went when he missed um, a putt on the final green um, at the BMW Championship to take him through to Eastlake. Because had he made it through to Eastlake, um, he'd have had another event to, to rack up some world points, and yeah. he'd um, it, you know it, it would have been. Um, an opportunity for him to continue progressing, but um, he, he couldn't quite do it. That's not to say he's not been playing well. And, um, you know, if you look at his recent form, he's playing stateside, which for a start, with his players who come over to the European Tour, um, you look, you'll often find a player who's been playing and playing well on the PGA Tour um, at this, what is still a lower level, can just um, outperform um, many of the others who've been playing continually at European Tour level. So, um, fourth at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, 16th at the Olympics. Actually, he topped the uh, driving accuracy and greens and regulation at the Olympics. So, some cracking long game stats. Um, fourth at the Northern Trust, where he was first for strokes gained putting. Uh, and ninth at the BMW Championship, I just mentioned. He was second for greens and regulation that week. Had he got up and down on the final green, he'd have made it through to Eastlake. And, um, you know, it could have been a completely different story. But, um, for me, he's got a trending game. Um, he's he's been playing well. We've mentioned him a few times in the pod. 
and returning to the scene of that uh, win in 2017 where he shot 62 for a super early tee time and literally nobody could catch him. He got himself ahead, the weather turned mm. a little bit and um, he ended up the two-shot winner and, uh, and no one could get close to him. And I was on him that week and I'd, I'd virtually written him off. And I didn't expect to, uh, to to be seeing him side his way through the field as he did, and to uh, and, and to come and, uh, and and take the tournament on the Sunday. But uh, that's how he that's how he got over the line, and um, you know that's got to give him some confidence. He's got some other decent results here, some other top tens, and we've also seen some repeat winners here in the past. Luke Donald's the most recent, but we've seen a few going back in history as well. Um, so another repeat winner wouldn't be out of the. Uh, the stretch of imagination whatsoever scrambling well which I think is important he's uh, scrambled at over 70% on his last three starts and you combine that with the fact that he's uh, he's playing well from tee to green um, he's putting well scrambling well and going to a course that he's proven to have performed on in the past I, I think the 25 to 1 that was chalked up earlier about Alex Norman was great 22s now he's been backed in a bit I've seen him put up in a, a few different places as well as um, as well as on my preview, but I think that's fair. 22 to 1 when he won back in 2017, and I think that's about the right kind of price for a player of his ability and uh, current form headed into this. So Noren's in. Um, I've also backed Sam Horsfield at 70 to 1. Again, he's got the kind of strong long game that I'm looking for here. Uh, for the season today, 11th for strokes gained tee to green, second for strokes gained approach. Uh, other stats second for scrambling back at the Czech Masters last month two or three starts ago first for putting in Kenya which was on um, pure bent grass greens that had been laid around 2015 so very very similar in terms of age and style and composition to this week um, and he's putted or he topped the field for putting that week back in Kenya and um, it's just the Friday performances for Sam Horsfield. It's been mentioned a few times, and uh, you know I've, I've observed a number of um, people on him recently, and just you know shaking their heads when he, he puts together a, a, a seventy six or seventy four or seventy seven on a on a Friday, which is really odd. He averages over his last ten starts, he averages seventy three point six on a Friday, and he hasn't broken seventy in his last ten attempts. Um. So perhaps he just needs to lay off the sauce on a Thursday night. That might that might be the uh, that, that might be the answer. Um, I, I suspect it's more coincidence than anything. You know, he's been getting off to some decent starts, and then it's just been uh, just been drifting away, and then coming back and uh, you know getting himself back into to reasonable positions after that. He's very very close, I think. Sam Horsfield won a couple of times um, in the autumn or late late summer, early autumn last year, and um, fifteenth here on debut back in 2018 he was third going into the Sunday and uh, he's got those couple of wins since that point so um, I think his game and his form marries up um, nicely to this week and at 70 to 1 um, I think he's worth taking isn't it? You, know, you go back a couple of weeks in weaker fields you're talking 14 16 to 1 which does raise some question marks um, if he doesn't put four good rounds together but at 70 to 1 I think you can take a chance same price, Richard Bland, I've also backed. And I guess if you go back to the start of qualification for the Ryder Cup and I said to you guys um, that Richard Bland had a theoretical chance of making the team automatically um, if he won the uh, the BMW PGA Championship this this week, you'd probably think I was, uh, probably think I was loopy. Um, but that's where he is. And it shows you how far he's come on, doesn't it? He's, you know, he's in the space of the last couple of years um, from... The point at which he'd had to go down to the challenge tour to, to get his card and to keep his playing, playing privileges, he's he's come on leaps and bounds. He's got his wind in the Belfry at the Belfry, four hundred seventy eighth time of asking that was when he got his uh, got himself over the line eventually. But I don't think he's dined out on it really. You look at his results since: third in Denmark, fourth in Ireland, uh, third at the Kazoo Classic in Ken, uh, fifth last week in Italy. Um, long game's trending nicely as well. His strokes gained long game stats have been really good over the last few weeks as well. And he's got a fifth place finish here at Wentworth back in 2006. Um, 70 to 1. I thought, I, I think, do you know what? I think that's the first time I can ever remember backing Richard Bland, but um, I'm quite happy to do so. I think that's, uh, that's uh, a, a decent punt this week for an each way chance. 
I don't. I don't think Wentworth's a course that helps overly helps bombers. No, it's a positional golf course. Mm. I think hitting fairways and certainly greens here is key. So Bland fits in lots of ways. Yeah. I also noted he was. I think it was his first attempt here, way back in 06. He finished fifth. That was his yeah. best ever finish at Wentworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that top ten. As I said, you know, if you look back mm. through the recent players who perform well here, then uh, um, having a top ten in your locker at Wentworth, even if it's back before the uh, before the days of the Ernie Els renovation, color TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was black and white back then, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> back back when we were just twinkling our father's eyes. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you've got some kind of uh, kind of some kind of form here, I think that's uh, I think that looks as a positive on the on the trends. So yeah, Bland's in. Um, I've also backed Masahiro Kawamura at ninety to one. Um, he won as a twenty-year-old back in twenty thirteen on the Japan Asian Tour, one of the co-sanctioned events there, and hasn't really pushed on since. But there's certainly been signs that he's moving um, moving forward and close to a breakthrough. I think. Um, as he's moved up to European tour level. Second at the Indian Open back in 2019, sixth in Morocco the week later, uh, second in Cyprus last year, and more recently, fifth at the Kazoo Open, third at Galgorum Castle, and uh, fifth in Italy last week. And again, it's his long game. It's trending really nicely. There's lots of positive stats coming out of his strokes going approach, strokes going tee to green, strokes gained off the tee as well. Uh, 20th here last year, uh, he was 10th going into Sunday and um, I think he's in decent nick at the moment. I think if he's in 10th going into Sunday this week, then I think he pushes forward and at least rewards each way backers here at 90-1 to 1 for Karamura. Um, finally, I've also backed Fabrizio Zanotti at 200-1, to 1, um, who's an accurate type. Um, he's finished first for driving accuracy three times um, in his last 12 starts. Um, Green's regulation strokes going approach have also been strong during that point. It's just not really translated into decent finishes. He's been consistent. He's only missed a couple of cuts this season, but generally it's kind of been mid-division finishes rather than anything that stands out. Uh, saying that seventh at Rolex Series level Abu Dhabi uh, at the start of the year is his best finish of the season, which is strong. He also finished seventh here in 2016. That was his best effort around Wentworth. He's also been in the mix a few times. He's been in some decent 36 and 54 hole positions as well. Um, and was runner-up to Matt Fitzpatrick at Woburn back in 2015. And another one of these tree-lined comparable tests as well. I think he's got the right game for this. And uh, it might, if you look just at his raw form line, there's nothing really that stands out. But... Um, I think this is the kind of test where he could push forward and could sneak into a place at 200 to 1. So, so not his in 200s, uh, Masahiro Kawamura 90s, Richard Bland and Sam Horsfield at 70 to 1, and Alex Noren um, now around the 22 to 1 mark um, at the top for me this week. Any guys or any players capture your imagination this week, chaps? Over to you, Barry. You crack on first. Uh, I stuck with I stuck with Henrik this week. Longer price than last week, you know. Does he unfortunately got off to a really nice start last week, and things just yeah, flittered a little bit. So you know, fifteenth, not not a bad week when things go a little bit off. So um, no reason to believe he's going to bomb out, you know bomb out now. So yeah, forty to one took him on that. He's got uh, plenty of good results around here over the years uh, without a win, but uh, third as recently as four years ago. So, yeah, bring it on. He can just mash that three-wood around the place, keep it in play, and uh, let let the irons do the talking. So, uh, that was that. Um, I'm with young Kawamura. I've backed him a couple of times this year. Um, haven't quite caught him at the right moments, but... Um, he just—he's been that head's been popping up on the leaderboard so regularly. I, yeah, just at that he's going to win, isn't he? He's going—he's going to—he's going to win one. It's yeah. not going to be a surprise when he does. And not at game, all. His long game looks no. really good. So, you know, like you put your, you put yourself up there more, you know, enough times, you, you, you know, it should it should kind of click and convert for you one of the weeks. Um, mm. So he's he's. Yeah, he was there again last week, popping up. I was like, "Damn it, I didn't back him." So, yeah, <laughs> not gonna, no, no FOMO this week. We're on. Uh, and um, 
just put a little one on Adrian Moronk as well. I caught his, I was on him the week that Richard Bland won, which was um, bittersweet because it was great to see Blandy win, but also a pain to not uh, have Moronk go and get the win. He was very close, but yeah, he's 100 to 1 this week, eight places I took. So thank you very much for that. See how he gets on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it very hard to di- distinguish between the top. It's just, just like one thought. It was like, I find it very hard to pick a uh, pick between the top guys this week. And w- yeah. with the the Ryder Cup um, story intertwined with that, um, you know, picking those shorter price guys feels like they're, they're, those prices are loaded with an awful lot of extra factors that make it a bit more uh, variable to, to the, how they perform. So that's why I kind yeah. of just drifted out a bit in the prices and just took a few punts um, on longer prices. And look, I haven't, I've, I haven't made that many bets on it this week. I'm happy just to kind of watch the, um, what, what should be pretty entertaining leaderboard and Ryder Cup leaderboard movement throughout the week. Yeah. I, at the top, I did, I did think long and hard about Shane Lowry because he's, He's got you know an awful lot mm. to play for this week. Um, just had a baby daughter, didn't he, in the last yeah. uh, last few days, and that can work one of two ways. And I I I, I do kind of subscribe to this um, life events and whether that's babies or marriages or engagements or whatever, um, and uh, you know having an impact on the way that players work, how, how they perform. Um, it may just be a little bit early, you know. He's, he's literally, um, she, I think she was born what, on the second or the third or something like that, three or four days ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that, to get straight back into the action after that um, may be a challenge, but uh, it may inspire him. I don't know. I, uh, he, he loves the track, doesn't he? He loves Wentworth. It suits him down to the ground and, and yeah. seems to perform, you know, pretty much every time he, he gets here. And, uh, I'm sure he'll want to reinforce his uh, Ryder Cup position and defend that ninth place finish or the ninth place position that he's got currently on the world points list. But uh, I don't know. I, I just couldn't pull, couldn't quite pull the trigger with him and um, any of the others at the very top of the market. But um, interesting to see how he goes. Did you, see R- did you see RCB losing his PGA Tour card for next season on the PGA? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. How how are players collapsed? Eh, Rafa Cabrera Bayer. Yeah, so he already finished twentieth. It was interesting to see uh, uh, Christian Bezwaden who got his card, didn't he? He's yeah, he did. uh, he's got a full PGA Tour card now as well. So. Aaron Rye, Bezwaden, who Matthias Spub, uh, and then David Skins from an English perspective, and then there was one that I'd never actually. I need to do some research on. Uh, Bear with me. Who was it? An English guy, Callum Tarrant. So they, they've all got PJ Tour cards for next year. Um, I kind, I kind of agree with Barry in a way. I think there's so much of this this Ryder Cup pressure on. I'm going to keep it quite simple this way. I, I'd looked at Hatton. I looked at um, Danny Willett. And you, you look at, and even Francesco Molinari, you look at the guys that have won around Wentworth recently, they'd all had some top, top five strokes going off the tee, performances arriving in Surrey. And I do think strong drivers, not necessarily power bombers, but guys that can hit it you know, straight, true, and gain off the tee, have a good advantage around Wentworth. I'm going to be really boring. Also... I mean, I'm just looking at world rankings for this. Hovland is the best in the field at 14. <coughs> Hatton, 17, who I think is horribly out of form. Fitzpatrick, 26, who hasn't shown a lot recently. And Billy Ho at 28. They're the top four in the world rankings in this field. So I'm going to go win only Victor Hovland 10 to 1. I think if he actually play it. And I do believe that there's this huge drop from, B, from PGA Tour action at the high end to European Tour action. I just think if this, for me, would be Hovland's biggest win of his career today. I think 11th here on the only time he's played here in 2019. I think it's a pretty perfect course for Victor. He can just plot his way around with that great driving and great approach play. He was also interesting at uh, Eastlake last week. Fifth for scrambling, first for greens in regulation. That's not a bad combo. He, was, he also topped 
approach play at the Tour Championship. He was first for strokes gained approach, first for strokes gained tee to green at the Tour Championship. I mean, that's that, that's an amazing performance for me. He also won in Germany this year, coming off the US Open the week before. So he travelled from the West Coast. So I'm not overly concerned about the travel either. Either it's a far it's a far tougher journey West Coast to London than it would be East Coast to London. So I mean, on Hovland at tens. Um, I also think Billy Ho at twenty eight to one. I think that's not a bad price for a guy that's the fourth best in the world here, and he was third here on his only appearance back in twenty nineteen. If you actually look at Billy Ho, he's been driving the ball really nicely recently. I think he could plot his way around here. And has absolutely no Ryder Cup concerns whatsoever. Nor does, no, no, Vi- just, just nor does Victor. Yeah, just come over in free run. Um, so 28 to 1, I thought, on Horschel was a good price. The other one, who's been doing so well in the States, I can't tell you he's been driving the ball well because he hasn't, but he's also had a period of time off. He's Brandon Grace whose approach play is outstanding right now. And uh, you just look at where he's done well recently over in the US. Fourth at Memorial, you know, tree-lined, 7,200-yard, oh, 7,300-yard golf course. Um, seventh at Torrey Pines in the US Open, and second in that six-man playoff uh, at Sedgefield at the Wyndham. Again, tree-lined, Donald Ross design, short. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Grace get in the mix. We know that he prefers bent grass to anything else. So, yeah, for me, Grace, um, I love Billy Ho, and I'll just go win only on Victor Hovland if he, if he does a Tyrrell Hatton from last year and kind of is the favourite or second favourite and just kind of just takes it out. My, my concern with Shane Lowry would be his driving of late hasn't been the best. I do think you want to be driving the ball well this week. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a few little question marks about a few of them, but as, as ever, they can can find that missing ingredient potentially, you know, particularly when uh, when push comes to shove this week. But uh, Now, looking forward to this week, should be, it should be a fascinating few days as it all unfolds. And uh, Let's hope there's some real drama still um, you know, up for grabs as we, uh, as we head into Sunday and the, the business end of it. Absolutely. That's us done, yeah? Yes, I think so. What have we got next week? Dutch Open for me, I think it is. Dutch Open for you and the 40 net championship on the PGA Tour for me, which is basically the the old fries.com. It's the one that they play at Silverado. Oh, yeah, Silverado, yeah. yeah good. It's normally full of smoke, isn't it, as California's burning and they're all wearing masks at uh, Silverado. Yeah. yeah, and you've got got some of the new influx from uh, from the... Corn Ferry coming through as well. I've said this week after week, apparently John Rahm is playing the Fortinet next week, so we'll probably be going off about three to one favourite. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be interesting. Mm. Right, thanks for your time, chaps. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Five star reviews, listeners, absolutely um, essential. So if you could uh, deliver some of those this week. That would be fantastic. And we'll be back next week for some European tour and the first PGA Tour event of their new season. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system the goal